Hey, what's up? Welcome to Crocker and Cone. I can't even pronounce my own name. That's Eric Crocker. I'm Grant Cone. Uh, man, I'm starting off bad just like the Niners. The Niners are one and two. They got to win this week. This is it. It's not their Super Bowl, but it kind of is. Um, like back in the day when it was a 16-game season and six teams made the playoffs, I think if you started one and three, your chances to make the playoffs were something like 0.4%. Now it's probably a little bit more because there's a seventh seed and 17 games. But the, the theme of this week is don't lose to the Rams. And right. so the Niners are going to have to find a way to win without Mike McDaniel, who it seems to be was like kind of important to this team. And we're learning. Uh, there's a clip that went around yesterday from uh, Rob Stats Guerrera asking Joe Staley what Mike McDaniel did. And he basically said, Kyle, his assistants designed the plays. Kyle calls them. And Mike McDaniel was like the chief uh, designer. What did you think of that? And what do you think his loss means to this team? You know what, man? The the way and my guy Greg Pinelli, he sent me a DM like, man, you see this? And I and I listen. I'm listening. I I listened to it like three times in a row just to kind of really grasp it. And to me, it sounded like Mike McDaniel was the point guard, and he's throwing all the oops off the backboard to Kyle Shanahan. Then Kyle Shanahan comes through windmills and dunks it. And once everybody noticed, not so much the pass, they noticed the dunk, right? But really, who kind of facilitated the whole setup? And that was how I took it. And it, it felt like Joe Staley was trying his hardest not to be disrespectful to what Kyle brings to the table. But it sounded like McDaniel was kind of the brains behind the entire uh, operation. And when you really think about their, their situation, their dynamic, and it's cool because you see those guys grow together and whatnot. I went back and looked on Wikipedia, and I knew they had been together for a long time, but when you just kind of look at the, the numbers, the years, 2006, they've been coaching together since 2006. So pretty much outside of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers little stint for Kyle Shanahan, those guys have been in lockstep every step of the way. And sounds like McDaniel, and a lot of people, oh, McDaniel, this and that. Oh, man, it's Kyle Shanahan. Like, this is his offense. These are his guys. He handpicked these guys. But I do think, I do think that maybe he just brings something different for Kyle Shanahan that Kyle is truly missing. And I think I might have underrated that aspect of their relationship a little bit too much Kyle talked about it a couple of weeks ago and he was like look he's been here 18 of my 20 years as a coach and only two of those years was he a position coach which means he didn't have a position of, uh, of players to coach he was just grinding film so it seemed like he was basically the ace up Kyle's sleeve hey man do my homework for me hey dude from Yale would you please do my homework for me watch the film tell me what I need to and he did and he was great at it and then Kyle would use that information call the plays and build his game plan from there did you hear what Hawkins said about him? Hawkins, the, the former receiver yes. for like Cleveland Browns. Yes. I mean, and, and, clips. and listen, yes. so just listening to that because everybody's like, oh, run game coordinator. And yeah, that's mm -hmm. what he did for Kyle Shanahan. But in the sense of his understanding of offense, right. it's much deeper than just being a run game coordinator. Right. The, the things that he was a wide saying, receiver. He was a wide receiver at Yale. Keep, right. keep that in mind. So, yeah. so it makes a lot of sense because the things he's saying and how he's uh, teaching. And I think teaching is a huge part of being able to coach. Huge part. I always talk about Rex Ryan. And Rex Ryan, to me, was he was a very rare combination of three things. An amazing teacher, amazing X's and O's, and amazing players coach. You typically don't find guys that are like all three. Our master motivator, uh, Rex Ryan, was all of that. And when you listen to how Hawkins is talking about McDaniel, my thing went to this, McDaniel just gets it. He gets how to coach. He gets how to uh, get his guys to buy in. He put the, he puts those guys consistently in positions to win. He says, hey, you play against this. He, 
he taught these guys three releases, right? Three releases mm -hmm. off the offensive line. Taught them three releases and said, listen, mm -hmm. you get these three releases down, those are going to be the only three releases you need. And then they would get into a game and say, hey, you play against this corner, use this, this yeah. one of the three releases, and the guy won't touch you for the entire game. And for him to just have that understanding of yeah. the relationship and the chess match between the receiver and cornerback and to get guys to win and get guys that are older that have been playing for years to buy into the concept of what he's saying, this little, small, nerdy guy that looks like uh, the rapper yeah. Logic, like, that's that's big time, man. He's got some special stuff there. So uh, um, I don't want to, you know, just go on this tangent of how much Kyle Shanahan probably misses him, but I do kind of want to give him his flowers in the sense of, what I'm hearing and the type of coach he is. And yep. maybe, obviously, he got a lot of talent over there in Miami. A lot of people realize that. But the the early success of getting these guys behind, starting off 3-0, where Kyle Shanahan did not have the roster of the Miami Dolphins when he took over the 49ers, but trying to figure out how to win, losing mm -hmm. nine straight games. And this guy already, even though and people can have good teams, but it's like he already kind of has a grasp of it and his guys are buying in. And I think one thing, one thing that's key to remember with McDaniel is last year he was the offensive coordinator. He was not just the run game coordinator. So he had the full offense last year, and Kyle was uh, picking plays from that. Also, I always thought of Kyle as a great play designer, but I always questioned his play calling. Now I'm like, okay, you didn't even design the plays? So, for example, in this last game, they're down one. Let me give you a game situation, all right? It's 11-10. Uh, the uh, Broncos just scored a touchdown. The Niners have the ball, 4-10 left at their 25. This is where Kyle, the play caller, comes in. This is where we've questioned him. Like, fourth quarter, key moment, what do you do? He calls five straight passes, and Jimmy throws a pick, and the Niners lose. And it's like, right. dude, what? Like, this is where you hand the ball to Jordan Mason and just grind him down because their defense is tired and you run the ball well, but no. So I, I have questions about Kyle. And this whole revelation that McDaniel was the play designer or that, you know, McDaniel and his assistants, I'm like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. What does Kyle do? What does Kyle do? Kyle just calls the plays? I don't like the play calls. Wait a second. That's how I feel. Kyle is – okay, so um, I talked to my guy Tyler Bray, right? Tyler Bray, he was a practice squad quarterback for the 49ers a little bit late last year. I know exactly who Tyler Bray is. Absolutely. Cannon. Cannon. So, so he came on uh, the podcast with me and Greg Pinelli, and he talks about uh, his time in some of these other places, let's say like Kansas City, right, yeah. or even Chicago, and what his job was as a backup quarterback. So essentially the starting quarterback, whoever the starting quarterback was, let's say Mitchell Trubisky, him and Chase Daniel, who like kind of, but him and Chase Daniel would be in there before Mitchell Trubisky. And they'd be banging out everything, setting everything up, making sure that Mitchell Trubisky wow. is going to be the most prepared that he could be. And then once Mitchell Trubisky gets in there, after the guys, the other guys that have already been working, they present him, hey, here, here it is. Wow. Right? Like, this is what you, and then Mitch takes it. Okay, looks over. Okay, I got So they're like XYZ. coaches too. Right. Essentially, the backup yeah. quarterback is kind of a coach. And wow. so they have it all set up for him, everything laid out, boom. And... They're essentially the McDaniel uh, for Kyle Shanahan, where McDaniel was setting everything up. Okay, okay, break it down, set it all up. Here we go. Okay, all right, Kyle, here you go. This is what you got for this week. Uh, this is why I think it'll work against them. This is how you can attack them. Everything set up. And then Kyle uses his, okay, this is how I'm going to do things. This is how I'll structure the play calling, et cetera. But the game plan was given to him. Uh, that, that's what I took from what has been said so far. Yeah, and like we're gonna talk about the Niners matchup with the Rams, but it's it's uh, in, in a minute. Um, it just fe seems like when the Niners have beaten the Rams, which was six times in a row, they always were one step ahead of them with their offense. They always had like one trick that the Rams weren't ready for. I mean, 
Week 18, Debo threw a touchdown pass. The Niners had some really cool stuff until the NFC Championship game, and they need something. And it's not going to be coming from Mike. It's got to come from Kyle or Clay Kubiak. They need something uh, different because right now their offense sucks. And the Rams shut it down the last time they faced them. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying they suck. Do you remember how the Rams shut it down? Tell me. What it looked like, and I, I won't go back and watch that game. <laughs> I just, once, once yeah, right, like right, those games, right. I don't go back and watch it. I have not watched the 2012 season Super Bowl. I have not went back and watched the Chiefs Super yeah. Bowl. Like, I, I won't go back. I won't go back and watch this game either. But um, from what I remember, and things being tough, man, they just said, we're going to make Jimmy beat us right. with his arm. Right. We're going to load the box. And Elijah Mitchell yeah. had a tough time getting anything going. I think no matter how creative of a, yeah. of a run game coordinator you are or whatever, it will be kind of difficult when a team is just saying, you got to find a different way yeah. to beat us. So I think Because uh, hold on, some that's what it, Denver did. That's what Denver did last week. And their and DC came did. from the Rams. That DC came from the Rams. So the, the book is out. You're right. Right. Yeah. So I, And I don't want to – and part of it is, and we look at win-loss record for Kyle Shanahan, et cetera, and he's to, to blame for a lot of this. He yeah. picks the guys, but yep. he doesn't have a quarterback where he needs that quarterback to be to be able to counter – some of the things that guys are doing, because there, there, yeah. there, there, there are, there are opportunities, and mm -hmm. there have been opportunities in both the 49ers losses, where they have not been been able to take advantage of it because yeah. of who's that quarterback, whether it's Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo. That's true, and that's, that's true. something that they need to now. You would hope, you know, Jimmy in his ninth year can see certain things a certain way and understand exactly how to counter what teams are doing against him. But maybe there's this physical limitation or just the way his mind works. I've been watching this guy on Netflix, Jeffrey Dahmer or something like that. And you just see, like, there's just some people, their minds just work way different. <laughs> and you don't know why. And I'm not saying that Jimmy's a serial killer, but his mind just works different than other people. And I, I'm looking at things, and I'm talking to my quarterback guys. I'm like, bro, how do you not? And they're like, I, I don't know. So, yeah. I mean, that's a hard part, too, trying to figure out why does Jeffrey Donner, I mean, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, think the way that he does. Should we talk about Jimmy for a second? I mean, hold on. So you're watching Jimmy. You, you see the tape. You're watching him with your guy, Greg Pinelli. I mean, it's, it looks bad. How like we And people are like, oh, he's rusty. He hasn't been around. All right, fine. Fair enough. He might be rusty. If this keeps going and he keeps playing like this, like at what point do the Niners owe it to the team to, to do something else at quarterback? Well, I think – I think uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is kind of the something else of we are yeah. trying to get better. And that's why, like, they went in. I think some people, oh, you know, we talked about it. How much do they really like Trey Lance? I think we're yeah. seeing right now, especially when you look at how Jimmy has played as of late, which, ah, oh, man, who just posted? I just retweeted it. Can't think of who it was. 49er content creator. But he posted some of Jimmy's stats over, like, the start of his career with the 49ers mm. to kind of where he's been as of late. And it's not great. I think it's clear that when you look at that in that context, it's like, okay, I want to do better from this guy. So his, uh, him trying to do better yeah. was, we're going to go, we're good, we got Trey Lance. And we're just going to start him. We're going to live with whatever happens. I'm going to be very patient with yeah. whatever happens. We'll build him up. Now he's hurt. So when you talk about trying to do a little different than Jimmy Garoppolo, I think they already tried, but the guy got hurt. So now yeah. it's like, okay, we're back to uh, point Jimmy. A where – we got to figure out how to get wins with him. I know a lot of people are talking about Brock Purdy. I've seen in the chat right now, kind of going up. Purdy, Purdy, Cam Newton. his name. Cam Newton. Uh, and Cam Newton, I just, the last time I've seen him play, it, it, now maybe it wasn't as bad as what we just saw from Jimmy, but I think that's the yeah. worst version of Jimmy. I, I, it's okay. only up from there. I think Jimmy's going to be okay. better than that. It but better be. How much better? 
And yes. I think I think with yeah. the defense the 49ers have right now, you only need him to be a little bit better. Yeah, it's true. I mean, the Niners are really like they haven't given up 20 points yet this season, so be a little bit better. But we got to talk about their offense now. So what's interesting to me is like for the last five years, Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay have dominated offense. Like they they are the Bill Walsh of this generation. Every team wants their offense, and now it's everywhere. And suddenly, neither offense is that good. It's only three games in, but the Niners, real quick, the Niners are 24th in yards, and the Rams are 25th, which is quite interesting. And it seems to me a little bit of a phenomenon. It seems like not only have defensive coaches kind of got a feel for what the Niners and Rams are doing on offense, but defensive players. Just imagine how many of these guys face it in practice every day and in, on Sundays most of the time. As a former defensive player in the league, did you feel like you would get like the the tougher the toughest offenses to face were the ones that you didn't see that much. I think for anything the the new thing right and trying to figure the it new out. Thing. Yeah, that's that's tough. That's tough, right? Yeah. And if you think back to the Seattle cover three, yeah. that started to take over the NFL where there were a lot of teams going to that single high. And I remember listening to uh, Chris Sims and Chris Sims. A lot of people kind of don't know about this part or forget about this, but he was a scout. And he was in the front office for the New England Patriots for a while. And he was in charge of charting things and breaking things down. Maybe he was an offensive analyst or whatever he was. But he had to break down things. And when he saw the Seattle defense, he didn't even know what it was. He's like, what is this? <laughs> what is this revelation Revelation I'm looking at right now? And it caught a lot of people off because it's like, well, it's not a sky cover three. Mm-hmm. It's not like a true zone, but it is because these guys are dropping. But then they're doing these match concepts. And it was something nobody had really seen. Yeah. And it was really difficult for some coordinators to really scheme up against. Well, once you have four, five, six years of seeing it, well, we have a lot of understanding of, okay, this is how we attack this. This is how we put that defense in a vulnerable position. They'll figure it out eventually. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing right now from Kyle Shanahan's offense where he has these different things and, hey, this is really cool that you do this. And, 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 okay, the run games and they're scheming things up and everything's clicking and it's working. But now it's like, well, we we enough teams around the league are doing it. They're stealing it right. just like they did the Seattle three. Enough yeah. of his disciples are everywhere, and people yeah. are figuring it out. So unless you have this elite quarterback that can overcome people understanding it and knowing it, because again, the the opportunities are there. Right. You, see, you watch all twenty two. You see the opportunities. It's yeah. having the quarterback that can take advantage of it. But even then, you're still working extremely hard. So. You would think at some point right now, Kyle Shanahan and McVay have to come up with some kind of, all right, what's going to be our counter to what everybody knows what we're doing and what we like to do? Because right now, if you listen to the fan base, even if you listen to some people that know more about X's and O's, the play calling is getting a little repetitive and it's getting a little uh, predictable. And and I I hate to say like that as somebody that doesn't know exactly what their thought process is is going into calling these plays. But just from the outside looking in, it doesn't feel like there's much variety to it. Yeah, and if you look at like a team like Seattle, for example, their offensive coordinator came from the Rams. So their defensive players every day in practice are going against a version of the Niners and the Rams scheme. That helps. Not It's not just the coordinators, it's the players too. They've seen the same looks over and they see it from their own team. And what's interesting about the NFC West is every team in the NFC West has a better defense than their offense, I think. I don't know about Arizona. Arizona. I don't know about Arizona. But the other three teams yeah. do. And they all have the same offensive scheme. I think it's really interesting. Um, defense, defenses catch up. Defenses are really sophisticated too. And, you know, maybe, maybe McVay – like for me, let's look at McVay 
for example. Like, McVay's offense is so simple to me. It's a one-back offense. Their run game has been crap for years. Ever since Todd Gurley went down, they haven't been able to run the ball in L.A. because they don't do anything. It's a one-back offense. They don't really have any sophistication in their blocking schemes. No H-back, no full-back. I don't like his offense. Right? Now it's like just one-dimensional passing, and they don't have the offensive line to really pull it off. Their, their offense isn't that great. And then you got, we've been talking about the issues with Kyle. I mean, he lost Mike McDaniel, the Wizard of Oz. So both teams have issues on offense. Very interesting. Defensive I think teams. if you combine Shanahan and McVay's philosophies with how they run the offense, I think then you have something. But yeah. right now you have one that is way on this side of how he yep. does it with uh, yep. 21 personnel. And then uh-huh. you have the other one that's way on the other side of doing it with his 11 personnel. Yep. And one that can't run the rock and then one that can until he can't because he can't really throw the rock. But if they combine what they do extremely well, now we're talking about an offense that most of the teams wouldn't have an idea of. Okay, now now it's back to the drawing boards. How do we stop this offense? Right. But maybe you need McVay and Shanahan to come to, come to maybe. on that. But what's interesting, like, through three games, like the, the, the offenses that are really doing well aren't necessarily from people from this tree. Like Detroit scoring 31 points a game with some guy named Ben Johnson as their offense. Like, who the hell are you? And then, you know, uh, Nick Sirianni, not from this tree. He's doing well. Uh, it's interesting. Like, if you do something different, you might just have an advantage. Uh, and it's, it's not their fault that everyone copied them. They were good for a while. Right. And yeah. then I think the two guys that you just mentioned, right, Sirianni, Philadelphia Eagles, you talk about the uh, coach with the Lions and they got Jared uh-huh. Goff. It's not like people view these guys heading into the season like, oh, man, these are just these great quarterbacks. Now nope. they're playing well. So now it's like, oh, is Jalen Hurts MVP? Like, y'all are not talking about Jalen Hurts no. like that for the last two years, right? But now, well, because of this offense and they're using his ability and he's making throws, things are wide open, easy reads, whatever, he's being able to execute it. Well, now he's making the offensive coordinator look good and they're, they're putting yeah. up a bunch of points. And same with uh, the Jared Goff-led team. We've seen Jared Goff be able to play well. And there were times yeah. where I'm like, uh, the Jared Goff and Jimmy G, they're, they're the same. Because people talked about Jared Goff like he was mm-hmm. just trash. And I'm like, well, him and Jimmy, they're kind of almost the same person. Um, yeah. And one has even been a little bit better throwing the ball with Jared Goff, like consistently. Goff will throw it down the field. Um, right. So I think there is some uh, reinventing yourself. And I have to do that. You know, I train athletes. And yep. there could be times where I'm training athletes and I'm working on speed things. And then it can get repetitive. Or my defensive mm-hmm. backs. And it's like, okay, well, we always work this same step replace or, you know, motor. And, and at some point you have to kind of mix it up and find a way to reinvent yourself. And when is Kyle going to do that? When is McVay? Going to do that. No, yeah, right. we say McVeigh, but he's coming off of a Super Bowl win. But even then, I would say, you know, the last couple of games we saw him in the playoffs, things do get tight, but between the Niners and Super Bowl, wasn't maybe quite the offense we were expecting to see. It was probably, be- right. a lot, you know, low, below their uh, averages for the year. So, but we, they got to reinvent this happen- we saw this happen with Bill Walsh in the West Coast offense. When he took over, like no one had run offense like that. And it was extremely successful. It caught the league by storm. By the end, there were like like half the league was running the West Coast offense because it was so successful. Defenses had were much more prepared to stop. And by the end, he had a game, I think with Joe Montana, where they scored three points against the Raiders. Like th- There were games where Bill Walsh just got outcoached because his system got figured out. Now no one runs the West Coast offense like that anymore. This happens to even the best coaches in the league. It's... You're, you have a, a, uh, a great idea. It gets copied. The league studies it for years. And it's just not as effective anymore. And so you, you can reinvent yourself, but how many times can you really reinvent yourself? Chip, Chip Kelly never did. He's a UCLA running the same stuff he ran in 2007. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Chip Kelly. I don't know why, why I did that. 
It was funny. Well, you're I went a UCLA up to UCLA guy, so I went up to Quantrez Knight in the uh, in the locker room. Who's he's a cool guy. He's he went to UCLA, and I'm like, hey, Quantrez, do you know who the coach was of this team, the 49ers, before Kyle Shanahan? He's like, no, who? I was like, Chip. He's like, are you serious? So he had no idea. He had no idea, dude. dude these, these, these players, a lot of them don't really watch football. And we yeah. used to do th- things when I was with the Jets where it was kind of like this trivia, and they'd have yeah. ask us questions. And me, yeah. I've always just been a super fan of football. Yeah. But you'd be surprised that these guys, they don't know who's in what division. They, they, some of them don't even know. It's like, who's in the AFC East? And it's like, well, that is the Jets division. They're like, uh, Chicago Bears? <laughs> like, there's guys, they, they don't watch football at all. I think Debo is one of those guys. I, I don't well, think Debo watch football. I overheard Marcelino McCrary Ball talking with, I think, Curtis Robinson. They were talking about college football. And McCrary Ball went to Indiana, and, and Robinson, I think, went to Stanford. And I think McCrary Ball was like, so who's in the Pac-12? Like, he didn't know what the teams were in the Pac-12, which was funny to me because, I don't know. I, you know? But I guess, like, right. you, you didn't play the Pac-12. He probably played, like, Utah once or USC once. But he was like, so hold on. Who else is this? Like, yep, that's to your point. You know, they, they just don't know. Sorry to call him out like that, Marcelino. Uh, all right. Isaac says Broncos all run similar. Oh, that's another thing. Nathaniel Hackett, he comes from, he was with LaFleur at some point. He was right. with LaFleur, who was under McVay. I mean, if you, if you probably counted how many teams in the NFL run a version of the Shanahan or McVay offense, it's like more than 10. If you put Kyle Shanahan at the top, like you just put a picture of him, and then the coaches that are coming off of him, like his kind of tree, it can Gotta get. to be at least 10. I, and the defensive, too. It could get, it could get deep. Yeah. It Omar, get deep. thank you, man. Um, all right. Last topic, and this could be a long one. How do you see this uh, Rams-Niners game unfolding? It feels like this is the season for the Niners, or at least they should approach it that way. Man, you know, I, I went against what I typically do on Locked On 49ers. Make sure y'all listen to Locked On 49ers. Myself and Check Brad that out. Great show. But um, I, I never pick against the 49ers. I think this is the first time in a long time that I actually have. And I, I still feel like, oh, the 49ers are going to win this game. And I'm trying to figure out different ways. Like, why would they lose? And for me, you look at the defense. It's extremely strong right now. And one of the things that the Rams do well, well, they can't run the ball. 49ers defend the run well. But right, right now, they're defending the pass even better. Now, maybe it's because, well, you play Jalen Hurts in a – I mean, Jalen Hurts, uh, uh, Justin Fields in a tsunami. Right. Uh, you know, week two, you Gino play Geno Smith. Smith, who yeah. was efficient, but he wasn't really trying to push the ball down the yeah. field at all. So he threw for less than 200 yards. And then Russell Wilson, I mean, he's kind of a shell of himself. Now, again, that's not the 49ers issues. They did exactly what they're supposed to do, and they dominated those games through the air. All right. Mm-hmm. Can they dominate the Rams that same way? And we saw the Rams get dominated by Buffalo. Yep. And they're like, hey, we're not even going to blitz you, we're just going to sit back. We're going to play coverage. We're going to let our front four get to you because we think your offensive line is not good. Mm-hmm. And can the 49ers create that type of chaos? Now, even if they do, so far we've seen the 49ers limit teams offensively, but mm. can you score? Right. And I think right now I just have more confidence that the Rams will be able to figure it out a little more against the 49ers where the 49ers are still trying to figure out who are we? Yeah, How are we going to succeed? Jimmy Garoppolo, and, and again, for whatever he is or isn't or whatever, I feel like he'll come up out of this little rep that he's in. But, well, he just got a playbook recently. He talks about not building that continuity with these guys. Can they figure that out this week? I feel like eventually yeah. they will, but can it happen this week? And yeah. I think that's the that's the tough part. But I definitely see a scenario where the 49ers just dominate, the run game dominates, and the 49ers beat the hell out the Rams like they've done six out of the last seven games. But uh, I am worried a little bit about the offense really just – 
I, if I say, oh, they're going to click this week, that's just me just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing if it uh, sticks. Yeah. I mean, it seems to me that the Niners are going to have much more urgency and emotion coming into this game because they're one and two. And they lost in the NFC Championship game to the Rams. Like, this is such a huge game for the 49ers. And it seems like the last, like, remember week 10 last year, the Niners season was, was on, on the brink. It was a Super Bowl for them last time. And they came out and just put it on the Rams in the first quarter. Like, they, that was a first quarter knockout. The Niners could do that in this game. I think like they're going to win the first quarter and they're going to the question is can they get up big? Because if they're up 10 by halftime, I think they'll win the game. But if they're not and it's close, we keep seeing what the Niners do. The defense plays great for 3 quarters, the offense doesn't score enough points, the defense gets tired and then someone commits a penalty or gives up a big play and they lose by a little bit at the end. And they could do that again. I don't think either team's going to score more than 17 points. So it's, I'm, a, I'm a little nervous. I don't really feel comfortable picking the Niners to win this game either. Um, I think because the 49ers and the Rams play so much, if the 49ers are going to have an explosive game offensively, it would be this one, right? I mean, look at how often yeah. do the 49ers play the Bears? Not very much, right? Or whoever their coaches are. How often mm. do the 49ers play the Broncos? You know, not again, yeah, not, not much. Yeah. So maybe there's some familiarity with the Rams where like, like the Seahawks where you put up 27 points. It's all, all right, now we can have this kind of offensive explosiveness. Now, but again, that can go kind of both ways with the Rams and the 49ers, but I do think we will see more points than what we've seen. Uh, but again, that's me throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. But they're not going to win if they played, if they if Kyle calls the game like he called last week. Let's, let's just go back. He called 19 runs and 29 passes in a game that they lost 11-10 to 10 where Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't playing well. I don't understand why he did that. And I went back to that one sequence at 4-10 in the fourth quarter where they had three timeouts and they were down one and he called five straight passes which led to a pick. He can't play, call like that. He can't call the game like that. Whenever they beat the Rams, they run the hell out of it. So this is a game where, to me, Jordan Mason has to be a factor. I know we keep talking about this undrafted guy like he's the key to the season, but I think he kind of is. You can't just hand the ball off to Jeff Wilson Jr. 12 times, Debo five times, and be like, that's our run game. You're going to lose. you got to run the ball 30-something times in this game to win the game. Um, because Jimmy's not, he's not even in football shape right now. You don't have Trent Williams. You're not going to win passing the ball a lot. That's the way I look at it. If they can get Jordan Mason involved, they absolutely can win this game 17-13. That. You know what I'm saying? Well, we, we talk about the offense and play calling. But, again, I, I went and watched all 22, and there were a couple of issues there. One, the offensive line has to do better. McGlinchey. Yeah. And the I know right side, <laughs> man. The right you, side. You've had your criticism of, Jim, uh, of, of McGlinchey. And, and watching that game and how he got bullied and pushed over and what it looked like, especially when Trent Williams went out and the struggles that they had with the, with the kid from uh, the Dallas Cowboys, Gregory, Randy Gregory. I mean, just letting him kind of destroy the game. And yeah. the game plan, you, that, that kind of hurts you as an offensive play caller as well. And then, yeah. oh, I only want to bring this play up, but when I start to question Jimmy Garoppolo, okay, I, I don't know if I question Jimmy or Kyle. Because, again, I don't know if Kyle's in Jimmy's helmet saying, hey, this is the look that they're giving you. Because, you know, that, that thing doesn't shut off until 15 seconds. Yeah. Right? So I, and Kyle has been known to micromanage being like, this is the call, this is the coverage I anticipate, this is where you go. Right. So yeah. if he's doing that, then I, I can't blame Jimmy. Right. But, man, I saw a play, and I think everybody knows what play I'm talking about. And you got Brandon Ayuk lined up with a linebacker over him in the slot. Now, when right. I first – you first line up and you look, it does look more like cover four. So mm -hmm. I don't think I would be anticipating John Lynch Jr., number 47 for the Broncos, running vertically with Brandon Ayuk. But I'd at the very least look and see, okay, that's just interesting. Okay. Yeah. Let me see what this safety does. Right. Yeah. And one thing about playing football, and a lot of these guys, if there's guys in the chat that have played, they're going to attest to this. 
the more the more comfortable you are, the the, the longer you play, the the more the game slows down for you. Yeah. Right. So you don't and you even can have say, to oh, there's a matchup. Athlete. Oh, there's a right. matchup. Let me. Let you just look and you yeah. see, okay, in, in, in yeah. your head, because these things process extremely fast. When yeah. I'm playing out there in the cornerback and I have to identify something that happens, is boom, boom, boom. And in yeah. my head, it just, it goes really quick. But yep. it's happening in slow motion as I'm seeing it, but yep. it processes extremely fast. And yep. when I look at, you know, okay, we're, they're giving us a cover four look. I got a linebacker over Brandon Ayuku. I know I was running a vert. Let me look at, let me peek at that safety, which you mm. typically look, look down and, either safeties first anyways. And as soon as you see that safety roll down, mm-hmm. now it's, is this cover three? Mm-hmm. Or are they playing man with this John Lynch Jr. on Brennan Ayuk running vertical? And once you look at the corner and see, and again, these things happen fast. I look at the safety, he rolls down, look at the corner, he's flat-footed and squared, I'm letting it rip. Mm-hmm. And I would assume that that's something, when you see that type of matchup, that's the way especially, you process it. Especially if you're a nine-year vet. Sorry, sorry. Right. Jimmy. Come on, dog. It's your, it's your ninth year. Yes. Yeah. I'm not a quarterback, though. So I, yeah. I can't, you know, I don't want to make it seem like it's that simple. But as someone that, I mean, you know, I coach, I, you know, I train athletes, uh, I see the game a certain way. I would assume, like, that's how you would process that. Unless Kyle Shanahan is saying, nope, you go over here no matter what. Then, then that's a Kyle issue. Yeah, but, dude, you, the ball's in your hands. You're a 31-year-old quarterback. They're going to get rid of you next year anyway. Do what you want to do. You said you want freedom, right? You want freedom, right? So, so throw where you want to throw. And the other thing is, um, part of the reason that the league has started to spread out on offense, as opposed to in the 80s when it was all very condensed, you get a great picture of the matchups pre-snap. I mean, it's spread out. You can see if there's a linebacker on Brandon IU. You can see that pre-snap. That's something that Peyton Manning would look for. He would get to the line of scrimmage. He would, he would be an 11 personnel way before a lot of people did that. And just look and see what he had. Slow down. You got 25 seconds to do it. And, you know, Jimmy could do that, too. He was yeah, you Brady look, did stuff like that. You could okay, do that. what does it look yeah. like? Okay, I'm identifying yeah. quarters, but let me either oh, safety. Yeah. They've been rolling down. They've been playing some robber one. They gave us this look early. Matter of fact, they gave you that the same that look when he nearly threw that pick six to start the game, right, on the first third down of the game. It was the same exact look on this play I'm talking about with Ayuk, where yeah. it looks like too high, um, it looks like quarters, and then – at the snap, you have a safety that rolls down and is playing robber, and they're playing one robber. Yep. And they gave you that same look later. It should. I saw this earlier. Was it, it third at, down? And, and at third least down? that should register. Hey, what? I saw this look earlier, and they rolled in the cover one. Do they roll in the cover one robber again? And then you look, the yeah. safety rolls down. Oh, you stupid asses. I got Brandon. I one on one with the yeah. linebacker going vertical. Like, I, But maybe maybe it's not that what? simple. I, I don't know. Hold on. Was, it, was that third down, though? I don't know if it was third down. Okay. He, I, mean, you know, Jimmy, I don't think so because he got sacked. Okay. Maybe okay. maybe it was. I don't, he got sacked, though. Jimmy needs to anticipate that cover one robber because the whole world knows he wants to throw the dig over the middle or the slant over the middle. People, when, when it's time to throw, they're going to call that. So, Jimmy, throw it deep. It's Not only will it be open, it'll be uncontested. You had multiple wide receivers streaking deep, unguarded, because defenses know you won't even throw that. So, it's open. It's That's open. Tough. Take a shot. And, it's true, though, right? And for all the things that, you know, Trey Lance needs to uh, get more comfortable with this, he got picked on the a, on a wrong, wrong robber, et cetera. But I know one thing, when he had that slot matchup, he identified that quick and he let it rip. And we've seen it twice. One 75-yard touchdown Gray. to uh, Danny Gray, Gray where he looks, oh, safety's flat flat. I got safety over Danny Gray running vert. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to act like I don't see it. Say hi. 
throw it right. <laughs> then he did it again against the Bears, where it's like, all right, Juwan lines Jennings. up. Yeah. Do I got Jawan Jennings uh, lined up against a safety? Or he wasn't even safety. It was a nickel, but the nickel yeah. was kind of flat inside. Okay, I think I see what I got here. Yep. Now, that's what you're trading off, right? Some experience yep. for some explosive plays when it comes to Trey Lance. But, yeah. gosh, it hurts not having him out there because – I could see where his uh, development was going, and it was heading in the right direction. It sucks he's going to miss out on this year. I'm I'm pretty pissed about that. And I hate bringing him up because like, there yeah. ain't nothing we could do about it. But I expect Jimmy to see those things, especially if a young kid is doing, seeing it. And there's certain things that Jimmy does well. He, he throws a nice spiral. You, you could like certain parts of his game, but as a 31-year-old, 9-year vet, nothing about him screams experience. The dude walked out of the back of the end zone. I, there's nothing about his game that says polish or experience, but he does do certain things well to his credit. But like, whoa, whoa, he's a, he's a 31 year old rookie. He's 30. I'm not gonna put that one year on him yet. So who you picking, man? You picking the Rams? Yeah, I, I picked the Rams on locked on 49ers. So I'm pick, and, and I hope I do like a what is it reverse jinx or you know For, one of, of those course. things. I understand. I understand. You know, um, I, I hope I do that, but I, I picked them to win 23 20. I hope I'm wrong. Fair. I pray I'm wrong. I, I, I hope I pray I'm wrong. I pray I'm wrong. Twenty three twenty. To me, I I wouldn't be surprised if it's thirteen ten. I'm not. We, I'm not really bullish on either one of these offenses. I feel like they got big problems, and I'm not sure that either one's gonna solve them this week because they're both going against really good defenses. Which defense is better, man? Forty ers Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah, what is it, the, they, they just have less weaknesses. Uh, no, I think I, it just comes down to, well, who do I believe in more, right? Yeah. Jimmy yeah. Or, or Matthew Stafford? <laughs> That's a pretty... And Stafford's not... I mean, he, he done thrown five interceptions in it's three true. games. So it ain't it's like true. he's lighting the world on fire. It's true. I just got to see the 49ers figure it out to where, okay, can you score some points? If the 49ers were coming off a game where even... Let's say they lost to the, to the, to the Broncos, but they scored 23 points. Mm -hmm. I would easily pick the 49ers in this game. But you just yeah. got to show me you can score. Yeah. Score some points without Mike McDaniel. There's all kind of things going on right now. Jimmy Garoppolo says he's not in game shape. Mike McDaniel's killing it down Miami. Kyle, show that you can score some points. Be the genius we all think you are, I think. George says, sorry, guys. I haven't been on in a while. When I saw Trey Lance got hurt, I stopped watching because I already <laughs> knew the end of the story like my TV. I'm sorry, man. I appreciate I know what you mean. Uh, Raymond Martinez Jr. says, what's up, fellas? Last season, the offensive change was putting Debo in the backfield. Does Shanahan have anything left to change this season? I don't think well, that was a change, though. I think that was yeah. we're we're just plugging yeah. a guy in for another another player, and he is dynamic. Like, yeah, he's but that's not a that's not so much a, a change in your offensive philosophy. So it's okay. I line up I formation and I run Elijah Mitchell or I run Trey Sermon or I run Debo Samuel. It's still I formation like and running that. It's not a change in oh this is a change up in our offense. I think the the curveball that they wanted to do this year, of course, was Trey Lance, uh, the Trey Lance edition. But also, I think they want to throw to Debo out of the backfield. There were two throws: the one up the up the sideline, which should have been a touchdown, and then on third down, the angle route, which should have been a first down that Jimmy missed. Like it's a good wrinkle. That was kind of hard though, because he got hit in the mouth as he by two guys true. as he was throwing it. That, that's that was true. Kinda... It's a good wrinkle, but the somebody, Niners aren't built to like, pass. You, I think that was the play where McGlinchey just is just like yeah, right, he just yeah, got yeah, pushed over on his back. He's like, ah, that's true, you know. Um, <laughs> but no, it's it, it's a good wrinkle because if you're gonna load up to stop Debo in the run game, well, he can blow by some of these linebackers in pass in the pass game. But you need the offensive lineman to block. You need Jimmy to make a good throw, and they could all blow it, even though the concept works. So I don't know what else they got other than throwing to Debo out of the backfield, which is great. But you probably do better just line him up at wide receiver at that point. You know what I mean? So he can get down the field. All right. 
Yeah. So thanks, Raymond. And I think he out the backfield ran that that wheel route on the linebacker. Yep, that was great. That was great. <sighs> Callie Tremor says Ken Dorsey is a name that's been thrown around a lot for the next Niners coach. What about Eric Bieniemy? What do you guys think? What do you think? I don't think people like Eric Bieniemy. Seems like he's had opportunities and teams are like, there's something we don't, we're not getting there. No, well, I mean, you know, heard the little Colorado yeah, thing. Yeah, Colorado yeah. thing and doesn't really yeah. call play. Yeah. What about Leftwich? Yeah. Leftwich. I, I'm I think he, and, and, you know, Leftwich I mean, now, now okay, yeah. I don't want to, y'all don't spin it. Man, I know how y'all be doing. So don't spin this on. Eric Crocker said, fire Kyle Shanahan. No, no, right? no, Look, no, no. Yeah, no. I ain't saying, no, that. saying that. I, I don't think Kyle, but. No. Let's say an event that all of you know, 49ers are terrible and Jet York says, okay, enough of sure. this. If we're thinking about, hey, what's good for Trey Lance, somebody, oh yeah, Byron Leftwich, come on. Yeah, come on. He'd be Lefus. interesting. Definitely got to uh, interview him if it comes to that. Master Tall says, Mr. Tall says, got to treat Jimmy G like a rookie and get him some rhythm passes. Jimmy seems to be a rhythm player. I mean, he was missing screen passes. Like, he, he sailed a screen over Jawan Jennings' head. If Trey Lance had done that, whew. but yeah, I, I, I mean, there's only so much Kyle can do for Jimmy. And he's done it. I think Kyle's big mistake is having Jimmy here still. Ben Poole says Kyle is too predictable. Run through the tackles first and second down. Check down past third down. So easy to defend against. Damn, yeah, Kyle. And that's why I, I think, you know, I think most people are saying, yeah, he's just a little too predictable right now. Yeah, he's being a little conservative right now. Drunken Ninja says double cup and let Stafford give picks. I would think that was, that's pretty much what Sala would do. you got to take away cup. By any means necessary. If you do that, you win the game. I think you do. Yeah. Like Higby and Skoranek aren't beating you. Or 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 Allen Robinson. I mean, he's and been they, chilling yeah. himself. He has. I mean, they couldn't take away Cup in the NFC Championship game, which was crazy because the week before they took away Adams, and we expected that they would. So, D'Amico, this is your chance to right the wrong. And he always gets it right, this, at least the second time. Josh says, one thing the Niners have going for them, they're even more successful against non-mobile quarterbacks. That is true. That is very true. Yeah. Uh, um, why is Kyle's favorite pass the one to the linebacker? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's he, funny though. It made me laugh. He, uh, Kyle likes to, his offense is, is, is more, you know, uh, the timing and rhythm of it, right? Like right. that's the big thing with him where, you know, you hit your back foot, ball is starting to come out. And I think within that, some guys are just like, if there's somebody there, oh well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> if, Kyle said if, if he'd be open. A defender there, yeah, got to live with the results. Because it sounds yeah. like his quarterbacks have thrown a lot of interceptions, just in general. They have. That's kind of a byproduct of his offense. Voice ad agency says I think the biggest frustration with the Trayland situation is the Seattle game felt like his coming out party. Now I'm crying like To saying that's my quarterback, man. <laughs> yeah, that would it could have been, could have been. It was. He, his home I thought he started man. off well again. There, there yeah. were some. Criticism of, uh, I mean, obviously, we know the criticisms of Trey Lance's game, but, you know, you see him come out and uh, right away they kind of spread it out. He hits Ayuk in rhythm. Uh, mm -hmm. The next time he yeah. throws a ball that he can actually throw and not get hit in the mouth while he's throwing it. But uh, I think yeah. he had what you call on the Texas route. I think it was uh, the running back. Uh, Wilson? 22. Yeah, Will, Jeff Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. And it, yeah. was a, it was ball come out, got a free runner in my face. I'm not going to shy away from this or try to run yeah. out of it. I'm going to stand in there, get hit, deliver a, a very accurate and catchable ball. Uh, so, you know, take his strides in the right direction. But, yep. uh, I mean, uh, you know, sucks. We'll see you next year. Josh Wyatt says, can any of you, can any two guys on the block, on this line block Aaron Donald 2v1? If not, game over. You can't run the ball or protect the quarterback is game over. This season has nothing to do with the quarterback. Stop falling for that narrative. That's a good point. I mean, the Niners have two guards that have, well, three interior players who have never faced Aaron Donald. 
In the past, they had Lakin Tomlinson and Brunskill who did well against Aaron Donald. So we don't really know how this matchup's going to play out. I, I find it hard to say that this season has nothing to do with the quarterback position. Yeah. Because, again, the 49ers have missed opportunities. Yeah. That, yeah. that are there. Yeah. And you would like for your quarterback to be able to take advantage of that, whether it's Jimmy or Trey. Right, yeah. so it's not like a, a Jimmy versus Trey thing or anything like that. Like, take advantage of the opportunities, and you know you're kind of one play away from probably winning, uh, being three and zero right now. So, yeah. is it all on the quarterbacks? No, but could they definitely help this situation one hundred percent? Absolutely. Jetta says the offense is too predictable and limited with Jimmy. Trey would have thrown at least two TDs against the Broncos as long as counterbash isn't the call. Yeah, that's yes. I mean, I think what we're saying is the Niners need a new wrinkle. They're pretty much out of wrinkles with Jimmy, and that's why Trey was here in the first place. That's why they brought in Trey, because they did, they, they figured it all out with, with Jimmy. All the little things, but why not run Ray Ray and Gray on sweeps? Yeah, I mean, like, there are little other things that Kyle could do that he did in the past that worked that he's not doing. Like yeah. those two. I, I mean, when's the last time we've seen that, was it moon orbit motion or whatever, where you just toss the ball behind you to Debo and he catches and runs for 30 yards? I think we Where's saw that? it in the in the Cowboys game. Mm-hmm. Not sure, and, and then picked up like ten yards. Remember, he was like, and then Jimmy did the little false start. Then they backed him up, and they didn't go for it on fourth and one. Yeah, but uh, you don't see it. You don't see them utilize that really nope. at all. Where Debo would, you know, you get him out on the edge, and he used to pick up big yards doing it. Maybe teams slowed it down. I've never seen anybody really stop it, so I don't know. Me neither. And it was uh, crazy. The first play of the season was a jet sweep to Ayuki gain seven yards, never called to play again, ever. Why not? Easy Tino says Kyle's wasting Ayuk and Gray's talents. I mean, he doesn't even play Danny Gray. Danny Gray is a water boy on this team, apparently. I don't understand what's going on. It doesn't make any sense. They could have used him. He looked good in the preseason. I know, I know, I know. I'm, hold on, I'm not going to say he looked good because you watch more film than me. He looked like he could do something. Do you he know like what he could I said do about something. him? And people, yeah. people got on me for my evaluation. No, uh, you were right. You were right. You were right. I still felt like he could do one thing, like run yeah, a deep run, go, run a like go for route. sure. Yeah. So, so that was my thing where it's like, yeah. hey, if you want him to clear out some stuff, like, you know, Ju- Juwan Jennings. There was a point in the game where they had him on the outside. He ran a go route. Matter of fact, it was on the IU play. IU yeah. ran a slot fade, and then Jennings was on the outside. He ran a go route. Yeah. He never threatened the corner at all. No. You can at the yeah. very least put in Danny Gray and just say, just run straight as fast <laughs> as you can. Yeah. And they didn't even do that. Glory says Ken Dorsey was drafted by the Niners. He's also from the East Bay, uh, the 925. I don't the thing about like I'm not we're not replacing Kyle. But if it ever came to that, it would be because one, his offense got stale, and two, you felt like he can't develop a young quarterback. Because the book, the, the jury's still out on whether he can do that. Um that, and I think people like Dorsey because it seems like he has done a great job with Josh Allen, who everyone compares Trey Lance. Not to. just so, Josh, I think Cam. I think Cam Newton Cam. MVP. That's right. So he's done it twice, Ken Dorsey, which is two more times than Kyle has. I'm sorry, Kyle. This is it, dude. Big week for Kyle. Your fans are really down on you. Everyone, your stock is down, and this is where Kyle usually does his best. When everyone's betting against him, he's like, "No, I'm good." So yeah. show that it's not Mike McDaniel. Everyone thinks it's man. What a week for Kyle Shanahan. He doesn't like me. Have you seen him the way he answered my questions this week? He's like, "Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, I Kyle." See it. And I, I always sorry, hear your man. voice, and I and I and I look just to you know just look at his body language, and and uh, that's always that's always fun when watching the press conferences. 
he's like a, a a batter in the box that and I he, he's acting like I just knocked him down with like a high it's like do it again do it again I'll rush them out I'm like nah man I'm just trying to be professional out here God it slipped yeah. it slipped I, I give you this though because I hear a lot of Chris criticism about the 49ers beat writers not asking the hard hitting questions and as annoying as it might be to Kyle you ask a lot of the questions that other people we want yeah. to know the answer to that so Gotta do um it. I appreciate it. that I appreciate, appreciate it. that. The way I look at it is like, man, if this were high school football or college football, I'd get it. But this is the big leagues, man. You're one and two. I owe it to the to your fans to ask these questions. I don't really want to be in a war with Kyle. It's kind of uncomfortable. It's a little awkward. <laughs> but at the same time, you got to do it. And if Kyle wins this week, I'll ask him a bunch of nice questions about how smart he is. So go win, Kyle. It's up, go it's all win. up to you. Go win, baby. Go win. Thanks, Croc. Thanks, everyone. This was a fun show. See you around.